Section 5 of Ingersoll on the Great Infidels from the Works of Robert G. Ingersoll, Volume 3, Lectures. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Section 5 Fear there is a view quite prevalent that in some way you can prove whether the theories defended or advanced by a man are right or not but showing what kind of man he was what kind of life he lived and what manner of death he died a man entertains certain opinions he is persecuted he refuses to change his mind he is burned and in the midst of flames cries out that he dies without change Hundreds then say that he has sealed his testimony with his blood, and his doctrines must be true. All the martyrs in the history of the world are not sufficient to establish the correctness of an opinion. Martyrdom, as a rule, establishes the sincerity of the martyr, never the correctness of his thought. Things are true or false in themselves. Truth cannot be affected by opinions. It cannot be changed, established, or affected by martyrdom. An error cannot be believed sincerely enough to make it a truth. No Christian will admit that any amount of heroism displayed by a Mormon is sufficient to prove that Joseph Smith was divinely inspired. All the courage and culture, all the poetry and art of ancient Greece do not even tend to establish the truth of any myth. The testimony of the dying concerning some other world, or in regard to the supernatural, cannot be any better, to say the least, than that of the living. In the early days of Christianity, a serene and intrepid death was regarded as a testimony in favor of the Church. At that time, pagans were being converted to Christianity, were throwing Jupiter away, and taking the Hebrew God instead. In the moment of death, many of these converts, without doubt, retraced their steps and died in the faith of their ancestors. But whenever one died clinging to the cross of the new religion, this was seized upon as an evidence of the truth of the gospel. After a time, the Christians taught that an unbeliever, one who spoke or wrote against their doctrines, could not meet death with composure that the infidel in his last moments would necessarily be a prey to the serpent of remorse for more than a thousand years they have made the facts to fit this theory crimes against men have been considered as nothing when compared with a denial of the truth of the bible the divinity of christ or the existence of god according to the theologians god has always acted in this way as long as men did nothing except to render their fellows wretched, as long as they only butchered and burnt the innocent and helpless, God maintained the strictest and most heartless neutrality. But when some honest man, some great and tender soul, expressed a doubt as to the truth of the scriptures, or prayed to the wrong God, or to the right one by the wrong name, then the real God leapt like a wounded tiger upon his victim, and from his quivering flesh tore his wretched soul. 
there is no recorded instance where the uplifted hand of murder has been paralyzed no truthful account in all the literature of the world of the innocent being shielded by god thousands of crimes are committed every day men at this moment lying in wait for their human prey wives are whipped and crushed driven to insanity and death little children begging for mercy lifting imploring tear-filled eyes to the brutal faces of fathers and mothers sweet girls are deceived lured and outraged but god has no time to prevent these things no time to defend the good and to protect the pure he is too busy numbering hares and watching sparrows he listens for blasphemy looks for persons who laugh at priests examines baptismal registers watches professors in colleges who begin to doubt the geology of moses and the astronomy of joshua he does not particularly object to stealing if you won't swear a great many persons have fallen dead in the act of taking god's name in vain but millions of men women and children have been stolen from their homes and used as beasts of burden but no one engaged in this infamy has ever been touched by the wrathful hand of god all kinds of criminals except infidels meet death with reasonable serenity as a rule there is nothing in the death of a pirate to cast any discredit on his profession the murderer upon the scaffold with a priest on either side smilingly exhorts the multitude to meet him in heaven the man who has succeeded in making his home a hell meets death without a quiver provided he has never expressed any doubt as to the divinity of christ or the eternal procession of the holy ghost the king who has waged cruel and useless war who has filled countries with widows and fatherless children with the maimed and diseased and who has succeeded in offering to the moloch of ambition the best and bravest of his subjects dies like a saint the emperor constantine who lifted christianity into power murdered his wife fausta and his eldest son crispus the same year that he convened the council of nice to decide whether jesus christ was a man or the son of god the council decided that christ was consubstantial with the father this was in the year three twenty five we are thus indebted to a wife-murderer for settling the vexed question of the divinity of the Saviour. Theodosius called a council at Constantinople in 381, and this council decided that the Holy Ghost proceeded from the Father. Theodosius the Younger assembled another council at Ephesus to ascertain who the Virgin Mary really was and it was solemnly decided in the year 431 that she was the mother of God. In 451 it was decided by a council held at Chalcedon, called together by the Emperor Marcian, that Christ had two natures, the human and divine. In 680, in another general council, held at Constantinople, convened by order of Pognatius, it was also decided that christ had two wills and in the year twelve seventy four it was decided at the council of lyon that the holy ghost proceeded not only from the father but from the son as well 
had it not been for these counsels we might have been without a trinity even unto this day when we take into consideration the fact that a belief in the trinity is absolutely essential to salvation how unfortunate it was for the world that this doctrine was not established until the year twelve seventy four think of the millions that dropped into hell while these questions were being discussed this however is a digression let us go back to constantine this emperor stained with every crime is supposed to have died like a christian we hear nothing of fiends leering at him in the shadows of death he does not see the forms of his murdered wife and son covered with the blood he shed from his white and shrivelled lips issued no shrieks of terror he does not cover his glazed eyes with thin and trembling hands to shut out the visions of hell his chamber is filled with the rustle of wings of wings waiting to bear his soul to the thrilling realms of joy against the emperor constantine the church has hurled no anathema she has accepted the story of his vision in the clouds and his holy memory has been guarded by priest and pope all the persecutors sleep in peace and the ashes of those who burned their brothers in the name of christ rest in consecrated ground whole libraries could not contain even the names of the wretches who have filled the world with violence and death in defence of book and creed and yet they all died the death of the righteous and no priest or minister describes the agony and fear the remorse and horror with which their guilty souls were filled in the last moments of their lives these men had never doubted they accepted the creed they were not infidels they had not denied the divinity of christ they had been baptized they had partaken of the last supper they had respected priests they admitted that the holy ghost had proceeded and these things put pillows beneath their dying heads and covered them with the drapery of peace now and then in the history of this world a man of genius of sense of intellectual honesty has appeared these men have denounced the superstitions of their day they pitied the multitude to see priests devour the substance of the people filled them with indignation these men were honest enough to tell their thoughts then they were denounced tried condemned executed some of them escaped the fury of the people who loved their enemies and died naturally in their beds it would not do for the church to admit that they died peacefully that would show that religion was not actually necessary in the last moment religion got much of its power from the terror of death end of section five fear